0: In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This
1: This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready adventurer, and as
0: as always, always, we apologize apologize for the inconvenience. I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. We're going back right, today's to our roots <laughs> a little bit now. So yeah, we just right away. <laughs> we're going to talk about stings. <laughs> now. What I was going to say is, we're going back to our roots <laughs> with a little bit of an adventure episode.
1: Had and quite I, a number of adventures in the last week. We or had a so. lot of questions
0: <laughs> about one particular adventure that it seemed like it would be fitting to review all those questions. Questions about what? About our trip to L.A. I don't have any questions about I, it. It's yeah. not about you. Oh.
1: <laughs> I do. I have a few questions about what happened after I left L.A., but.
0: Okay. Well, but what did we do today? Open streets. Open streets. And which
1: was insane, by the way. Like, it
0: was crazy. It was so much bigger than last year. Well, they expanded it from, you know, they did Walker from 23rd all the way up into the Paseo. So they added another entire right. street to it.
1: Right. And then they still had Robinson to Western shut down.
0: Yes. And every, it was like
1: every square inch of the road and sidewalk seemed like there were people. Yeah. It
0: was just a solid mass of people.
1: Every direction. We didn't even go really east or west that far. I mean, I don't think we really passed tower. Going east, and I, I don't even think we passed Walker going west. Well. I literally no, I up at, I did end up at Gayuti's near the end. So
0: I experienced two and a half blocks of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I from- getting, what, what is Open Streets OKC?
1: Um, I'm going to sound like maybe an idiot saying this because I don't know the exact details, but it's they sh- they it's from my understanding a proof of concept that people will get out and walk and do things. This idea that we have to like drive right up to the front of a store or a restaurant and park. And it's why Oklahoma city has so much road and so many parking lots. And they're all concerned about, you know, uh, turnpikes and parking garages. But the reality is, is here we've shut down one of the busiest streets in the city for a day. And like probably 50,000 plus people were just walking and biking and had kids and dogs and, well, actually, they have a whole they, bunch of like health and wellness right. stuff set up. It wasn't and, like
0: there was a there were live bands everywhere or there was a lot of entertainment or there was some kind of schedule of things to do. Um, there were just some booths that were set up that had yeah, health-related items. Food trucks every food 20, trucks, 20, 30 feet. And, of course, feet. all the businesses that exist there. And what happens if you shut down the street and tell people to come out? They Holy come out. shit, they turned out in droves. It's a bit of an <laughs> antithesis to... Um, What we're so used to with the car culture and potato couch TV being inside culture, it's an event entirely around no cars, people on bicycles, lots of skateboards and being outside and communing with other people.
1: That was one of the things I loved about it. That big new parking lot north or south of the tower, (laughs) they had shut it down basically and blocked it with food trucks. And so kids just, just went there and started skateboarding and drove and it was like, yeah, look, well, that's, that's a, where I
0: spent almost the entire time. I took my daughter and her friend over there with a one bicycle and one motorized scooter and they spent two hours in that parking which lot. Which is
1: also perfectly ironic because just to the north of there behind that gray <laughs> building, they just demolished a little like old a school skate, skate park. park to try to make more parking. <laughs> right. And it was like, and then over here, you've got these kids taking over the parking lot to turn into a skate park. There was was some
0: kid on a, it was like a longboard on one side of the closed off parking lot across from the tower and... He fell off of it or jumped off of it, and that skateboard just shot towards the end of the parking lot where there were these two, like, brand-new BMWs parked there. And yeah. we were just standing there watching it, just, like, waiting for total disaster to happen. And that thing perfectly just went right underneath that car between both of the wheels, hit the curb and bounced up and went the other way. Like, didn't even yeah. didn't even touch the BMW. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, open, wild. open streets is, it's I weird. mean... the you know the businesses there. I think all killed it. The pump. I'm was, stunned oh, was at amazing. the success
0: of Open Street. Stunned. Yeah, I would I mean, have never expected that. I would have never expected them to then add Walker to the north. That then went up into the Paseo.
1: Yeah, when I heard they do that, I thought it was a little ambitious. Like I was like, really? It didn't seem you like know, there'd be enough people. They packed it, 100. <laughs> and that was cool too to bring the Paseo into that fold. Yes. I mean, went up there and saw Amy and Paul from. Well, it gives people a chance too to realize
0: people. that that strip of Uptown on 23rd Street, it's not that far from Paseo. No, I mean, they're like basically Like, if you were connected. to go park on 23rd Street, you could still, even if the streets aren't closed, you could still walk all that. Well, and we've heard that from Ian and Haley.
1: The pump is technically in the Paseo. It yes. is. It is It is that like north the, the borderline literally wraps around the pump. Yeah. So, I mean, the Paseo and Uptown are connected directly. So, I mean, Open Street's fantastic.
0: You know, they had another successful when they did down in Cap Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, they did. Yep. So I think this the today was that the area is one? just
1: barely starting to sort of be redeveloped and come around, right. so I mean if they keep doing that and it keeps growing, it's going to be crazy down there too and I'm glad the food trucks are back. I've
0: missed them a lot. <laughs> Oh my I god, a, I had a I know we made fun of them I had a, a big bit, boy <laughs> jerk chicken sandwich. I, I don't even yeah. know the name of the the food truck because it wasn't on there and I didn't I was uh, it sounds like you're talking about Clem's Smokehouse. It could have been Clem's Smokehouse Maybe. that has the jerked chicken. By the time I got it though, I'd been in the sun for three hours with two yeah. little kids, and I was starting to feel a little cranky. <laughs> I wanted I just ribs wanted to put bit. I just to put food in my face. We wound up getting um gyros. Or, as some girl gyros. in line called it, a gyro. At uh, Let's Do gyros. Greek. She, yeah, she got herself a gyro. It's actually
1: very clearly written on their chalkboard of how you pronounce it. And it, they spelled it Y-E-R-O-S. Ye Rose. There it is. Sounds Definitive. Greek.
0: I'm still an Oki, so it's a gyro.
1: <laughs> if you want to argue with the lady from Let's Do Greek, I think she probably It's not a
0: gyroscope, <laughs> it's a gyroscope.
1: Right, but gyroscope <laughs> isn't a Mediterranean word. Yeah, I
0: don't think those have the same root <laughs> words to them. <laughs> But I got some baklava and an orange Fanta soda, I, and it was but freaking delicious. I'm
1: going to segue us because speaking of walking versus driving, and, I mean, that was something that when we were in L.A., regardless, we'll get to why we went to L.A. in a second. But
0: We went to Hollywood.
1: Hollywood. Specifically, we hung out in the Valley. But, I mean, that's a car. That place Everything is a car cars. culture. There's I mean, no you,
0: sidewalks anywhere, really.
1: And even the people we were with were talking about, just, you drive everywhere. You don't have a car. You're, they're just now getting like some subway systems and stuff like that. Yeah. But, But even these locals that we were hanging out with, you could tell they're like, well, I think there's, isn't there a station over there? like, no, no, well, can't you park? No, I mean, they had no idea even, so obviously it's not very... It's not part of
0: their travel travel culture yet.
1: But I think we're at a point where if we can start now and shift that mentality now, we won't wind up where L.A. is. Because there was a lot of similarities I picked up on when we were out there. I mean, from being driven between different districts. Yep. um, we ended up in Noho. NoHo, which yeah. was over Hollywood.
0: That's where we had In N Out Burger.
1: Which was interesting because as we entered into Noho, they had this big district signage going over the huge road. It was like a, that six was a cool lane sign. Road. Yeah. It was this cool artistic sign. Obviously it'd been a collaboration of some artists or something. And I also noticed there was some mur- there were murals on things. Like it, it had a it was older <laughs> than the stuff that we My had. favorite
0: part of Noho was the Six-story Toyota dealership that had about a hundred mannequins the maidens, dressed, yeah, and just stood up facing the street. That was creepy. It no, looked,
1: being North Hollywood, it looked like one of those weird sci-fi movies where like everybody's suddenly compelled to go yes. up to a roof on the edge and of the building off. and jump. Like
0: we pulled in, and it's
1: like, why are all these people standing <laughs> at the edge of? Oh, they're not. People,
0: <laughs> they're They were dressed better than me, though. Yeah. Well, it was not. It was a nice change of pace to take a break and go adventure in another city. It had been a long time since I had done something like that because yeah. we've been so immersed in what's going on in Oklahoma city. And then to jump out of that and and experience something completely new and to see how much we are becoming like that and what we haven't become and what we haven't achieved yet.
1: Yeah. So why did we go like, there's actually a really weird and interesting story as to why we went to LA and who we went to LA to see.
0: So I have, I <clears> have, <throat> I have a concert bucket list that I'm always eager to mark something off of. And the very top slot of my concert bucket list has been David Gilmore for years now. David Gilmore, the lead guitarist of Pink Floyd. Um, and vocalist. A, and, huh? Vocalist. And vocalist. Great. Well, I think he's a better vocalist than Roger. Yeah. Um, but I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, and I've seen Roger in concert. I've seen him like five times now, but I'd never gotten the chance to see David. And he released a new album last year called Rattle That Lock and started a, a European tour and then scheduled some dates for North America. And I said, fuck it. At least tickets go on sale, I'm buying eight of them and I'm going. One of the things about David Gilmour tours as well is that he only books a limited number of shows. Yeah, like, like, he like five dates in the LA, US Chicago, seven, New York, seven. and Toronto was all he did in North America. Yeah. yeah. So he did. he scheduled one show for the Hollywood Bowl on the 24th of March, Thursday, and I went and bought eight tickets for it. And, yep. you know, we've had This was like six
1: months ago. This was in so.
0: July of 2015. Oh, so it was I almost these. a year ago. Yeah. And I knew... this. I, I had already bought those tickets when we had the last Joshua Path show. Right. And that is when Marine came out and, and Kurt PR and Mike Lyon Just as a
1: recap, if you aren't super familiar, you're just joining us or something like that, Joshua Path is the artist who does our theme song, Cement Truck. We have brought him out now from three LA. from LA three, three times, times um, and just become to know him really well and become friends. So,
0: so and when I bought those tickets, I decided that we, we we would go out there and spend some time with them and right, take
1: them to a concert. After this last time they were there, they were all very much like you know you've brought us out here, you've shown us your city. They we've they've been impressed as hell as what's going on in Oklahoma City. And They're like, you guys need to come out to LA so we can reciprocate this at some point. We're
0: always like, yeah okay, we'll do that,
1: whatever, whatever.
0: And we did it like gangbusters. Yeah. <laughs> so me and John and Stephen fly fly out to Burbank on that afternoon, and Josh Josh path comes and picks us up, takes us to our hotel room. We check in, and then we immediately go over to what is called City Walk at Universal, Universal Studios. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. we tried
1: studio? to go across the street to L <laughs> Bar. <L-bar. laughs> It was, a was bar awesome. right across
0: the street from the ho- from our hotel. And it was L called El Bar. L
1: bar it had this cool old wooden like <laughs> monastery door, but it was closed.
0: But sorry. so we went to we went to Universal Studios, the, the theme park, and they have just this large touristy area of bars and restaurants. And we went to a bar that had um, a mechanical bull. Yeah. And so we did some shots of Jameson, had some beers, and all four of us took a crack at the mechanical bull,
1: which we found very <laughs> ironic. They brought us out to LA, the LA. first thing he shows <laughs> us is like a cowboy themed bar. We're like, Josh, we're we're from Oklahoma, man. Like, like, far
0: as I had never been on a mechanical bull. I, I mean, that was the other part. I yeah. Had to go out to Hollywood to get on a bull. That's actually other, the third time i had done a mechanical bull.
1: The other <laughs> interesting significance of this trip is March 24th was exactly two years to the day of the, when we brought Joshua Path into this very room first, oh, and okay. we were we were pitching the idea of a podcast we were like yeah we kind of had this idea or podcast or whatever and he puts his phone on the table and tells us to interview him something and,
0: we've never released
1: no we haven't because it's not very good quality it's kind of hard to understand it was just and, done on
0: an iphone but it was that was the very first time we all sat in this room and recorded something together and that yeah you know, 2 years to the date it was a uh, it was kind of a nice benchmark of of where we've come in really? the last two years. That's also the day that they're in Saturday detention in the breakfast club. Yes, it was. is. <laughs> right. March 24th, 1984. Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois, 8062. So yeah. So anyway,
1: he shows yeah. us the place at City Walk, which is at Universal. Not the same City Walk like we had here. Nothing, no, nothing totally at all. Different. Totally, totally different. Totally,
0: totally different.
1: And then after that, we go to a restaurant. Uh, the, uh, the Mercado. Mercado, which was a real... I mean, I walked in there and I was just like... I could totally see this place opening. Absolutely. I mean, it actually kind of reminds me of, it's not the same type of food, but like aesthetically it reminds me of cultivar. Just Yes, opens. absolutely. Like yes. I, I almost like they stole the style, not to say that Larry stole that styling, right. but it was very, very similar and, you know, very nice, good food and craft cocktail, all kinds of crazy. Cultivar this gal, cocktail. Now,
0: right? Oh yeah.
1: Okay. By the way, cultivar opened, You should go check yeah, it out.
0: Yes. Yeah, we had like so, a, so what was that? Jalapeno Mezcal Cocktail? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was a Mezcal Cocktail. It had chunks. Of, it had just whole slices of jalapeno yeah. in it. That was unbelievable. They got that flink stink. Flink, well, steak, I think by the flink time, steak. By the time we'd had those drinks, you know, we'd basically been drinking all day. We started drinking on the flight with <laughs> with doubles of Wild Turkey 101.
1: Yeah. If you follow <laughs> us on Twitter, you, or maybe I did it on Instagram. I don't even remember where, where I was. In. I was sort of live tweeting it. Right little milestones to kind of give people a taste of what was going so on. John,
0: John Voight in uh, Las Vegas. Yes, yeah. John Voight was on our flight from Vegas to uh, That was really the Burbank. only the only famous person that, that we saw. Well, we saw yeah. David Gilmore. Well, <laughs> yeah. but it's not like we were walking down the streets of Hollywood. And, we like, saw David Gilmore with 16,000 other people. So here's who went to the show. We, we leave there. This is all within two miles of each other in, yeah. in, in the valley. Um. So the people who went to the show is uh, me, Aaron. It's And then John, and then Stephen, Joshua Path, and then uh, Joshua Path's friend and fellow musician Kurt Pierre and his wife Cheryl, and then uh, Maureen Epstein and her husband Stephen. Stephen Epstein,
1: who we had had not met, we had not met met him him or Cheryl yet.
0: Yeah, we hadn't met. uh, But Maureen came out last
1: time because she's one of the vocalists for Josh.
0: So we all head on up to the Hollywood Bowl, and it is packed. Like they, yeah, we're it's hearing it's from people that they've never seen the Hollywood Bowl this completely packed. And, if you've and never, apparently they don't ever do shows that early either. Right. Like this is the earliest they've ever done a right. show at the Hollywood Bowl. And if you've never seen the Hollywood Bowl or heard of the Hollywood Bowl, it's the world's largest natural amphitheater. It is um, beautiful. And it it's is. extremely steep. Like if you're in one of the higher up sections, it's uh, it's quite a workout <laughs> to yeah. walk up to those seats. But once you're up at the top, when you're sitting there looking out over, it's a, a clam A clamshell-style open stage, and then back behind it is the Hollywood Hills. Bandshell. Bandshell. That's it. (laughs) Bandshell. Clamshell. (laughs) Okay, whatever. (laughs) Anyway. Um, but you can see, sit there and see the, the Hollywood sign behind the stage. So it's, it's a really cool view, really cool setup. What's really impressive Beautiful to me about area. that place
1: is you can't see it until you're right. inside it's it.
0: Inside of it.
1: Because Marine kept pointing at it off the highway. She's like, yeah, you see the lights? They, they turn the big spotlights on above it. She's like, yeah, it's right there. And we could <laughs> see the lights. And we were driving into it. We even parked. And I still was like, where is this thing? Like, I don't see it. And then you sort of wind through the gates, and all of a sudden you turn, and there's this weird yeah. natural scoop in the side of a mountain.
0: That's it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a scoop.
1: Yeah, It
0: was so cool.
1: And that show was ridiculous.
0: And the, the, um, we met some cool people there that night. Um, there was a, a couple of girls in front of uh, me and Josh, and they were about as into it as I was. I don't think yeah. Josh is as much of a diehard Floyd fan as I am. Um, but these girls in front of me were just losing their minds. And when it was over, I found out that they were from Florida and that this was a concert bucket list of theirs and that they had traveled to Hollywood specifically to see just that show. Well, was right. she also there? What, didn't her uncle play with USO over at... Uh, that, that, that's a good segue into into uh, finding out what we were going to do for Friday night. Well,
1: I'm not done with David Gilmore yet. Okay but oh, okay i was gonna let you can elaborate and t- oh
0: well so it, um i was looking for something to do on friday night and the band um, ufo was going to be playing at the whiskey go-go i was like well that'd be cool i've never seen whiskey go-go i wasn't a fan of ufo i know who they are they were a heavy metal band before heavy metal bands were a big thing in the like mid early mid 70s from london and they were playing at whiskey go-go friday night and i told that girl i was i wanted to go to that show and she goes my uncle just played with those guys in Chicago last week. <laughs> <laughs> the other
1: thing about the show that I want to say is from a like a technical standpoint, that was one of the most pristine executions of everything I've ever seen in my life. They had your standard lighting, they were projection mapping onto the bowl. Oh,
0: that projection they mapping. Had
1: lasers going, but then also the sound, like I was sitting kind of back off to the left like I was not necessarily in what I would say was prime seating but there's really not a bad seat in that right. place but I had like an amazing stereo image and like could f- like it sounded like I somebody was just playing a pink was, floyd album really yeah. loud and that is extremely difficult in almost any situation especially a big outdoor amphitheater like that so
0: those that whole thing was just mind-blowing and they had the world's large i swear to god the world's largest fog machine <laughs> it was this there was this massive metal bank up at the top of the amphitheater and they had these massive uh plastic tubes running down the sides of the hill by the seats and when you're walking up those hills every once in a while there's these little holes would open up and just shoot out just massive plumes of fog and then it would just drift over the entire amphitheater pretty freaking cool
1: and then about halfway through the show the like i don't think it was actually a full moon but it was very close to
0: a full moon It just started rising up i mean it was well from from my vantage point from where i was sitting the full moon started rising um during high hopes (laughs) so when the the drummer started ringing the bell for high hopes it's when the moon started to come up just sent cold chills down my spine and all of the citrus trees there were in bloom and if you've that never smelled, smelled citrus gorgeous. trees in bloom, like it has and that, s- that the best was, smell in the world. That was
1: something else we all kind of mentioned at one point when we were out there that was surprising is there what was, was never a, a time where I was in, like you would think LA, your stories, all these people, there was never a time that it smelled bad. No, it smelled good. Like, <laughs> it even cr- in this crowded amphitheater with all these people, like we were talking about last night, we were <laughs> out and walking through a bar and, like you just occasionally get those whiffs of beer. Oh, B. oh, oh no!
0: Last night we were sweat. at we were at Sauce and it yeah. was just it just smelled sweaty and. <laughs>
1: Which, by the way, shout out to those guys. Uh, they've started this thing at Sauce called Crash Saturdays. They're doing something at Sauce that hasn't been done there before. But last night was a nonstop party. It was wild. That it whole wild. space, like I've never seen that before there. So anyway, but LA like. Yeah, even the people there smelled good. Yeah, and to be They're honest... They're like
0: like, They just smelled nice.
1: Usually, like in the case of sauce, you're walking through, and you get that with BO, you kind of take a glance around, and you see that sort of... I'm, just, I'm going to stereotype and say hippie guy or whatever. Like, oh, that's obviously the guy that I'm smelling right there. But in LA, it's like that same guy was sitting next to me at the Hollywood
0: Bowl. Smelled great. Like, I don't know what the difference is there. And if, I don't know if, why if we even bringing it up or talking or. about it. It was just... For some reason, it was just one of those things that was... It was very obvious. It was, it was very, obvious very obvious and noticeable, and it just it kind of struck you for some reason. And those aren't the types of things that I'm usually struck by. I did not think yeah. we would be reviewing the smell of <laughs> LA <I didn't> either.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> just say that, okay, peep, some people in Oklahoma City, bring your uh, your game up.
0: <laughs> so that not that um, I smell great or no, anything oh, and myself. Call me, me in. Shoot, call yeah. me out on it. If <laughs> so I David home, Gilmore now. wasn't the only. Um, fantastic, well-known music. Every musician there was, of course, the top of their game musician. But yeah. um, other famous people that you might recognize: um Crosby, yeah, from Crosby, Stills, mm-hmm. Nash and Young, and mm-hmm. everyone else, etc. At et Al, he looked like somebody's grandpa who was confused about being on stage. <laughs> yeah, and he got the lines to comfortably numb. They let him sing comfortably numb, and, and it he wasn't good. Yeah. But the other Butchered amazing thing it. that I just I, I was trying to impress upon the people around me was the other guitarist up there with David Gilmore is Phil Manzanera, right from Roxy Music. From Roxy Music, it's fucking. Yeah, Phil I didn't re- I didn't realize who it
1: was until the end when David was introducing everybody and he goes
0: no, no, over to my right, Phil Manzanera. I was like, whoa, what? That's who I've been listening to all night. Manzanera, Manzanera I- indeed. Yeah, <laughs> David Gilmore always says, indeed, indeed. <laughs> and then of course the. Run Like Hell when they busted out the fireworks show at the end. I came straight up uh, off of my seat when that happened. So uh, the song Run Like Hell off of uh, um, the wall, as that song was coming run. to an end, they just shut off. It was one of the biggest fireworks displays I've ever seen. Just thousands of dollars of and fireworks. And you're really going, close to it, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. right there off the top of the stage. Um, and it was...
1: Well, I think maybe inter- more, energy, more like behind the, the, the stage, but the yeah. energy
0: that came out of the crowd yep. when that happened was palpable. Everybody just immediately went up in the air. Like they were in some kind of ejector seat. And yep. what other memorable songs that he did Shine on You Crazy Diamond and Sorrow from Sorrow. a Momentary Lapse of Reason was one full. And yep. Fat Old Sun. But he ends every show with comfortably numb, and that's he does he does time and comfortably numb. Yeah. And that's the, those are the crowd favorites. But the lasers, the the banks of lasers that they had. So did you go walk? <laughs> did you walk by those? That well, bank was, at one of point lasers. When all those green lasers came on. There was a guy beside me. Goes, God damn, that's a lot of lasers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a lot. So of I, lasers. I was watching some clips of his show in Toronto, and they took all those lasers that were shining up and shined them on the stage. Mm. So the because that was that that was an indoor venue. So David Gilmore, a fan of the lasers. Yep. And utilizes them well. Whoever his lighting guy is, that guy's a, a mad genius.
1: Yeah, so yes, that was an amazing, just amazing experience. Yeah, it was
0: great. It's to all of us to go out there with our friends who'd, who'd been, who have gone out of their way to come to Oklahoma City three times and bring a taste of L.A. to here to finally go out. To where all that originated and experience that with them was a, it was a nice treat. So yeah, I mean, just so definite shout out to Josh and Kurt and Cheryl and Marine and Stephen, and then uh, okay. we got to meet Stephanie the next morning. Josh's wife. We yeah. went and had they, uh, breakfast with Stephanie, were, and Marine, and Josh. They were great hosts, great ambassadors. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Vivian's was that the name of that?
1: Yeah, Vivian's uh, Millennium Cafe. That's where
0: we had breakfast the next morning. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that night after that show was over, we tried. We had some ideas in our heads of of trying to do something afterwards, and we were just too tired to make anything materialize, and mm-hmm. ended up just going straight to bed. Cheryl brought us cake. Cheryl brought us coffee cake. That, we thought about no, driving, rum, cake. rum cake, rum cake, rum cake, and we thought about driving down, cruising on Mulholland Drive. You know, up on, on top of the ridge that divides LA from the valley. But we just couldn't, no, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get that energy it. up. <laughs> but yes, because the, the next day after, or that uh, morning when we had breakfast, um, Josh and Stephanie flew out to Italy, Italy, which they're still there right now on a two-week vacation in the Italian countryside. So Stephanie and Josh left, and then uh, Kurt and Cheryl weren't going to be able to do anything that Friday night because John and I had plane tickets to come back on Saturday. Right, and, then and I Stephen had to come left. back Friday. Stephen left on Friday. Um, So we had the afternoon. We did one last thing before you left, though. Right. After breakfast.
1: And Maureen's husband, and this was courtesy of him, who we, again, we had just met him, but he is the media relations person for NASA JPL. Like, so when you see those really crazy videos that come out of NASA JPL about, you know, showing you renderings and things and different, they're different projects that they're working on those that's him like he's the guy that makes those videos
0: and jpl that's the jet propulsion laboratories this is the part of nasa that if you ever see anything about the mars landers and mars rovers and and voyager and everything that comes out of jpl i
1: didn't know this until he clarified it at the beginning of the tour he gave us that basically what jpl is now it started as this entity as a part of the california institute of technology that was doing rocket research these crazy College kids wanted to blow up rockets, and they like go go out here, go to the riverbed, away from the university to the riverbed, and you can blow stuff up out there. And eventually, that's where the JPL campus is. But now, what it is more than anything is, it's basically the unmanned section of NASA. So you've got one section that was shooting, you know, space shuttles and sending people to the moon and all other stuff. JPL are the ones sending Voyager and the robots. So JPL the is
0: the robotic research yeah. center. And they it's currently a, and have he, like
1: fifteen or seventeen active deep space right, missions.
0: Yes. And because of that, they call JPL the center of the universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Stephen was kind enough and kind enough to give us you know, a personalized us tour. tour of a And it of mm. mind-blowing. it awesome. <laughs> Yeah. mind
1: mean, some of those mean, we of those buildings we were walking up into them, and it was like this looks of like a one of those temporary construction buildings, like what are they doing here? And then th- that's where you go in and they're like custom machining all these components. And it was just so yeah, weird. Everything to go. In there is,
0: is designed and built to spec on site. Yeah. Anything <laughs> new that like they took us into a building where they, they invented new parts for things like the Mars Rover or whatever piece of robotic equipment they're about to send out. They dream them up there, fabricate them there, test them there. And then, yeah, it's all done right there. there. It's- so we were, we went into the room where they built the, uh, Voyagers one and two, the Mars rovers.
1: Right. They had there was a there's a mission that's on I don't remember the name of it. One that's been delayed due to something. But I mean we walked into the area where they have that gravel bed mm-hmm. that's designed to be the same consistency as like Martian soil or whatever. And so they had this thing sitting there, like it's little solar panels go. spread wide, and there were a couple guys down there messing with it and clean room that was showing an example of one of the solar panels from, again, I don't remember the name of the mission I'm doing a bad job at that, but it's the one that's getting ready to enter orbit around Jupiter.
0: Cassini? Ju- Jupiter? No,
1: Cassini's already there. It's something, it's like InSight. I think InSight, it's InSight, yes. Um, well, so it's actually getting ready to enter orbit around Jupiter on July 4th, which apparently was just a coincidence. Yeah. But they had one of the big solar wings sort of mocked oh, yeah, up. Yeah, because we didn't the have an room. InSight
0: party on July 4th.
1: <laughs> right. But it was crazy, and there was so much. I mean, there's history because you can tell the buildings are all built over decades. You know, from On the 70s. hills
0: of. Uh, I'm brain farting the town that this is in, Pasadena. It's out near Pas- Pasadena, so you know all the rolling hills of Pasadena. Talk about it. That was another thing. where walking around that campus. You were either going straight down or straight up, yeah. wherever you were walking. There were there were no flat roads, um, but they took us into Mission Control.
1: Well, and that's a very interesting thing, too, because you've seen – I've seen this in movies, so you probably recognize there's the, there's that room where everybody sits overlooking mission control and has the slant windows. its I'm, I'm thinking back to, like, Armageddon and movies like that where that's where Liv Tyler was up overlooking as they were talking and all this other stuff. And so that's where Stephen had taken us because that's as far as the public that's goes. It's the observatory room. Right. And as we're up there and he's pointing out all the screens and, like, it's crazy to, like – it's like, oh, yeah, I see that screen seeing- there? All of that thing—that's all the raw data coming back from all of the deep, <laughs> deep space missions. The raw data, <laughs> like just literally just watching it scroll in like a Twitter feed almost. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. See, you can see the three-letter code over there tells
0: you. Oh, that's Voyager coming back. How oh, long? Is how long the mission had a clock uh, <laughs> counting how long the mission had been going. Right. Oh, okay, so it's just real quick. So it—it it actually is Juno that's going to Jupiter. Oh, Juno. Juno. Yeah. So it's, uh, Juno was a NASA New Frontiers mission launched from Cape Canaveral August fifth, two thousand eleven. Will r- arrive on. July 4th, 2016 will be placed in a polar orbit to study Jupiter's composition, gravity field, magnetic field, and polar magnetosphere.
1: Maybe insight is the one that was delayed then. Yes. So we're standing there over mission control and he's pointing all this stuff out. And this other little group kind of comes into mission control and it's led by this guy and he points to the guy he's like, Oh, that's, I forget the gentleman's name, but that's so-and-so he's the director of mission control. Like that's his room. Like, So he's in charge of everything. And at one point that guy kind of looks up and sees Steven in the window and Steven just kind of waves at him and and the guy just like waves at him like, come on, on, come (laughs) on in. And Maureen was with us and she was like, um, I've (laughs) been here like 25 times or something and I have never been in this room before. Like they don't let people in here. So we walked down to this door and even Steven's badge doesn't open it. So he had to cut the other guy came and opened the door for us and let us in.
0: We got to actually stand
1: in Mission Control. (laughs) Stood
0: in Mission Control. (laughs) Crazy. And he was like, "You want some free stickers?" Yeah, and some of the stickers are
1: like, (laughs) "I survived the center of the universe," or something like that. I've been to the center of of the universe. universe. And then just
0: a classic NASA logo sticker, which you had to slap on the back of the truck.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Another thing that really struck me the most there was he was taking us when we first went into the building. I think where Mission Control was, he was showing us like the the posters that NASA has been releasing these like vintage travel (laughs) like commercial, like what used to be like, you know, visit Italy back in the fifties or whatever. These were like, visit Kepler B, you know, the, all these exoplanets that they've discovered that they theorize might be able to sustain us visiting them one day or whatever. So they have an in-house artist at JPL and he's the one that's been designing these posters and he does all different kinds of projects because one of their opinions is that to make this science more accessible to people, let's put it into as many forms as we can, including art forms. So there were these big prints of these posters, but there was this, the other side of the hall, there was this big column made of these lines of led strip. it was so cool. It was so awesome. We were seeing it. It just looked like it was doing these weird patterns or whatever. It had a very tight column in the center most of those led lights went up and it was very tall it was, it was very, very tall, tall this thing structure. was like 12 feet tall or something it was, it was huge there's little strips of led lights going up and down and then all the ones around were a little more spread out and sporadic and those were all going downward and he was like yeah what this is He's like this is connected to the deep space network data stream the raw feed we saw later He was like the artist conceptualized this he's like that center column Going up is showing you our communications out to the deep space network and all the stuff around that comes down shows you a representation of all the data coming back from those missions and it would cycle through each of the missions so in the center column would actually spell the code the text Uh, code out so you'd see it come down and say like Voyager. And it was interesting, because you see Voyager, it's one of the oldest ones, it's at the edge of the known solar Once system. in
0: the 70s.
1: And it was like, you see one little light go up, and then like <laughs> one or two little lights come down.
0: Because the trans was like at one bit of data. Yeah, now. it's like literally like a
1: bit <laughs> yeah. up. And it was like, yeah, that's the ping. And then you see the response. And so that was mesmerizing. But then the missions would keep changing, and as they got, you know, when it got to like the Mars rover, it was like the whole center column went it crazy. Up. Like we just sent this huge packet of data up. And then all of these lines and LEDs just come raining down. I mean, I could have stayed there for like four yes. hours and just watched this thing.
0: Those posters that you were talking about, though, my favorite one was for the planet that has no sun. Jeez. Cause you know, some planets are rogue planets and they, they orbit no sun. So it was, it was come visit the planet with no sun where the nightlife never ends. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go there. And then we, of course we went to the, the gift shop yeah. and then went, berserk zerk in the gift shop. Yeah,
1: spent more but money than I'm going to admit.
0: Hoodies, sweatshirts, but I mean, how many t-shirts. how many
1: times are you literally at NASA buying? Well, I
0: guess, and for many people, not that often. Based upon the responses that we got <laughs> from people from when hoodies. we started to wear our hoodies, yeah, <laughs> we bought these really nice hoodies that just has the NASA logo up on the upper left hand of the breast side of it. And when people would see John and I walking around wearing these NASA hoodies. So they would go. You work for NASA? Well, usually they didn't even ask us if <laughs> we worked for, work for NASA. They just started talking to us like we did work for NASA. It was very bizarre. <laughs> but I guess that's yeah. not that's not a normal logo that you usually see on. That's one of the things I've realized too. Because I was wearing my T shirt one day, and yeah, you don't you don't really see people walking but, around wearing NASA you know, I was, logos. I, I had that thought, and then a friend of ours on Facebook the other day popped up, and he had a picture of himself with his kid, and yeah. he was wearing a NASA shirt. Okay.
1: That's what I like. Uh, I got a standard NASA shirt, but I also got this like sort of retro JPL shirt. That's just aw- like I've never I'd never seen the logo before. It's like an old school uh, JPL logo. I really like that.
0: one. I love them all. It's great, yeah. great souvenirs. So then we left JPL, and that's when we went to In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> yeah, <and> North Hollywood. <laughs> Corey <coughs> was like, "Well,
1: I can we could recommend a number of places. where it just like In-N-Out Burger." Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, okay. we actually
0: there wasn't an yeah. outburger right by our hotel, but, we but it was get in it. so busy you couldn't even get in it. Yeah, so we had is, to go to
1: North Hollywood, which is what sent us to North Hollywood, which was great because we got to experience that mm-hmm. sort of little district area.
0: Yeah.
1: It's imagine very if fast. like
0: the plaza district was like a lot longer and just yeah. a little bit older, and that's kind of North Hollywood and bigger. Yeah, so we have like a little slice of that. Um, but then uh, Stephen flew back home.
1: Yep, I had to basically run straight to the airport.
0: No. from there, that left Sean and I by ourselves
1: to our own devices. <laughs> so I, we, we um, before you get into the escapades <laughs> of the original of the rest of your trip, one of the things that we all kind of had a sentiment of was like, I've listened to Pink Floyd since I don't know since I found the C, the CD or the tape or the record or whatever in my dad's collection, or heard it on KRXO or whatever, right. um, and I've been obsessed with space and nasa and since i was young Isn't
0: that a cool combo though P- you know pink floyd and in space
1: and that, that's the sentiment we all had was like if i could go back to my 12 year old self and just be like don't worry about the rest of your life because <laughs> when you're 33 <laughs> you're gonna get to go see pink floyd in concert and then go get a private tour of nasa jpl everything's gonna be okay
0: be well you know i was kind of saying the same thing about us because when uh, Pink Floyd went on tour with the Division Bell in 94. So many of our friends went down to Dallas to go see this concert, and our parents wouldn't let us go. <laughs> so we've always had kind of a sore spot. I've always wanted to make up for that. Yeah, that we never got to go and see David Gilmore in um, in Dallas. And so that's what I – So Well, what's interesting is that during that time when we wanted to go see – the Division Bell Tour in '94, we were listening to a CD of this guy named Joshua Path uh, that's called right. Head Rush. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember we had a bonfire one night, and uh, the two albums we listened to were the new Division Bell album and, Head, and Rush. Head Rush. And so now for me, you know, fast forward 22 years later, and I'm watching David Gilmore with Joshua Path sitting beside me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how the hell did that happen? Magic. <laughs>
1: So yes, now what happened after so, I left
0: on Wednesday night? <laughs> when it, on Wednesday night, it dawned on me that John and I had nothing to do on Friday night, and that you would be gone, Josh Path would be gone. There's there's really nothing for anybody to kind of give us a tour of. I mean, we were on our on our own. So I started looking for things to do. The first thing I thought of was Tarantino's New Beverly Cinema. They were releasing these new international ver this new international version of Grindhouse, um, and it was going to play on Friday night. Eight dollars to get in. To see Grindhouse in Quentin Tarantino's theater, like, well, fuck yeah, we have to go to that. Sold out. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, that's when I thought about um, uh, going to Whiskey Gogo. Like, that'd be awesome to just exp- have that rock and roll experience too. Oh, UFO's there. I'm not familiar with it, but I, I know the I know the importance of UFO. You know, I could appreciate that show. Sold out. It's that's like you fair. know, one of the last times I was in Hollywood, I loved the Hollywood Improv. I wonder what's going on there. Oh, look, Dana Carvey. Sold out. It's like, well. What is there going on on Friday night in LA that isn't sold out that I can just whip out my credit card and buy tickets to? Oh yeah. The second David Gilmore <laughs> show at the Hollywood bowl that he scheduled <laughs> about six months after I had bought the original tickets, they added another show on that Friday night and you can still get tickets on StubHub. So I texted John and I was like, if we're going to go see David and we can see him twice, shouldn't we see him twice? I was like, well, hell yeah. yeah. So I bought tickets to the Friday night show. Um, this time, John and I went about an hour or two. We got there really early. We got there yeah. really early and walked around in our in our new NASA hoodies, where people kept coming up, going, that's an awesome hoodie. Oh, that's awesome. You work for NASA?" I was like, "It's a hoodie. It doesn't mean I work for NASA." Um, so we got to sit up there and we kind of watched the sunset and, and you know take some beautiful video of, of the Hollywood Bowl, and then started meeting some of the people sitting around us, like yeah. the the people from Dallas sitting behind us. Yeah. Who were so amazed to meet the twins in front of them, who worked for NASA, (laughs) and kept introducing us to other friends of theirs who would join them that way. That was Emily Um, and Chance, I think, that were sitting behind us. But then this—I don't know if I've told this to you guys or or Josh Path or anything—but the second show was better than the first show. Um, It was because you know the first show that was the first show of the North American tour, and so the second show they had some of the some more of the kinks worked out. Um, They did the the the. The image mapping show that they projected onto the Hollywood Bowl itself, uh, it was more elaborate and included more songs than the first night did. There were more lasers this on the second there night. There were more so he just he only he replaced one song in the set. He replaced well, no an, I'm saying that the image mapping they used more image mapping on more oh, songs oh, oh, I got you. than yeah, they did on the first night. And then um, the second night he played What Do You Want From Me, which is the second song off the division bill. Which is one of, of my one favorite albums. That's one of my favorites. You know the David Gilmore was at the helm of Pink Floyd 4. So I I just this just it kept getting better and better. And Crosby did not sing. Crosby Coulton, was nom. not there. <laughs> but in this yeah. show, David Gilmore has been getting some flack lately for playing guitar like uh, you know a sixty-something-year-old man. He's, he's, I guess, he's damn near seventy now. It's like, well, yeah, because he's a he's not a twenty-year-old guitar player anymore. He doesn't just shred on a guitar. You know, <clears throat> he doesn't play that way. But he did the second night. Yeah, I think it was during um, it was during a song off Darkside. I can't remember which one it was. I had to have been. Um, I guess it was probably during Money. Um, he just... The rest of the band just kind of stopped playing. And they, they have this big spotlight. They always shine on him. And he shredded on his guitar like he was in a heavy metal band and he was 19 years old. Yeah. just tore the shit out of his guitar. And it was amazing. The crowd kind of had this moment of stunned silence. Like, is this really happening? They lit up the jumbotrons and zoomed the camera in on his, on his hands while he was playing the guitar. And it was just... Blew everybody's minds. The fireworks display at the end of Run Like Hell was, I, I would swear, it was twice mm-hmm. the amount of fireworks as the first night. Um, and then, well, of course, what you want to happen to you when you're at a concert like that, you, people pass joints to you <laughs> and pot cookies. So, I mean, we'd already been drinking. Now, we're, you know, we're getting to smoke on joints, being passed down the row at the this final David Gilmore concert at the Hollywood Bowl. It was epic. And then it ended... And everybody's filing out and the street that the is that is it's it Cahu- Cahuenga. Is that Cahuenga? Cahuenga. Cahuenga. So it's on Cahuenga, but they have a, a big tunnel that you go under so they so they don't have thousands of people crossing the street. And as you come up from that tunnel, there's a parking lot and along the sidewalk there were there had to have been like thirty people and they were all um, Selling hot dogs, but they had these things strapped to their waist that were like little miniature, like cook tops. They were it, miniature flat grills with tiny propane flat tanks, with to them. tanks on them. And they're just sitting there cooking up these Nathan's hot dogs with like jalapenos and stuff. And they've got these holsters with ketchup and mustard in them. And he's it got just like, smelled this pouch amazing. on his back that has the buns in it. He reaches behind him, yeah. whips out a bun, f- puts it on the flat grill for a little bit. Pops it over, slaps the hot dog, and he's like, what do you want? Condiments? And he just starts throwing it on there, and then he just puts it in swax paper and hands it to you, and there's some lady standing there that you pay for it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's just walking on the street in the hot dog. Mm-hmm. Every, the, the whole entire, both directions of Cohango were just packed solid to people leaving the show, and they all had everybody had their windows rolled down, and they were, everybody was playing some different Pink Floyd song. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, we're munching on these hot dogs, and then just basically just walk around and turn down onto Hollywood Boulevard. And start walking down the, the sidewalk with the stars on it. And I wasn't really paying attention to those stars at all. But I just happened to look down to see, and saw the Bee Gee star. And it was I heard all the, right, Bee that's Bee enough singing. About the Bee Gees. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And and I so then those, we finally make it to I a, love the Bee Gees. I love doing Shots of Jameson <laughs> and we make it to a bar called Jameson. Um, <laughs> uh, at about midnight and start doing Shots of Jameson and uh, Arrogant Bastard. They they had Arrogant Bastard on tap, right? right? Um, and I was like, you know, let's do these shots, drink this arrogant bastard, and then I guess just go back to the hotel. And then uh, as we're standing at the end of this bar, this girl turns <laughs> around and goes, oh, my God, are you twins? And then her husband goes, you work for NASA? <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yes. Yeah. To all of that. So we just start hanging out with him and f- come to find out she was uh, she was from South Africa. Um, was that her accent? <laughs> sure. I don't think so. I, I wasn't was there, it. but I could pretty much tell you, no, that uh, wasn't um, it. Um, and then, but she lives in London. Her name is Bronwyn. She's from South Africa, but she lives in London with her husband Simon, who's a London police officer. <laughs> that's that's yeah, the gist yeah, of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's it. That's that's what happened. Well, and then uh, we closed down that place. Then we went to Sound. They oh, had, that's true. We did the after go hours to, party I bar. guess that's not all we, that happened I mean,
1: because they're civilized people and they can have places open after two. Right. Yes. Yeah,
0: so yeah, we were there. Yeah. We were in Sound from maybe two to three thirty, and then. Ubered back to our hotel room with uh, these two. And we two took these four strangers forwards. with us back to our hotel room <laughs> yeah. and partied there. And one of these guys called a dude who uh, delivered us some beer at like four o'clock in the morning to our hotel. It was it was wild. And then you got up. I got up and got <laughs> and got on a plane. I don't think I actually went to bed until until like six thirty in the morning, and then got up at nine thirty to go to the airport. Yeah, and was, that, uh, that couple with Simon and Braun when. They flew out the same time, but they had a fourteen. Except they were flying to back London. to London. Jeez. <laughs> so we had a we had that that second night was a quintessential LA experience. Yeah,
1: yeah. I basically came home and went to bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't. You did the caffeine crawl that Saturday. Well, that night. was yeah, yeah, Saturday right. morning, though. You guys are talking about Friday oh, that's night? That's true. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: had to come back because I was leading the first bike route we ever had for caffeine crawl, which was awesome. Because now that we have Clarity and Urban Tea House up here there was this there's a nice little pathway of coffee and caffeine shops between clarity and cuppies oh. and junction parked over by blue garden again that was awesome
0: and now we have uh we have another event coming up this week what week this week i don't think so what event it uh, might be too late. Uptown
1: on court. Oh no, that's oh, right. This is coming yeah. out a month. So yeah, yeah.
0: Uptown on is gonna be on Thursday.
1: Well, actually, there's like four things happening on Thursday. <laughs>
0: well, the one I'm going to. <laughs> just <laughs> wait, wait, wait.
1: just to give some service, Westerns on the lawn is on Thursday. Right. Starlight supper is on Thursday. Right. Uptown Uncorked is on Thursday. Ooh, and,
0: and on Tuesday, is the, on Tuesday is the Oscar Blues yes. Plaza, Plaza Pub, Pub crawl because Oscar old Blues chub, is gonna be here. Man. some old chow or some delts Palo.
1: So, yeah, it's going to be another great week. It's going to be a great week. Live on the Plaza uh, Earth Day. And Live on the Plaza Earth Day is Friday.
0: So this is – we're getting back into festival season. We're coming back. Oh, and I
1: I better mention also that ACM's Metro Music Fest is (laughs) on Friday.
0: Does anybody even go to that? Yeah, there's a few people. a couple. So this is a busy week. Check your calendars. Get on Facebook. There's a lot of fun stuff coming. That's I highly just, suggest going to Uptown on Uncorked.
1: I mean, and that was the feeling. I, a couple of people I ran into open streets today was just the sentiment was like something about that event specifically. Just in a weird way, I felt more like just additional galvanizing of this city yep. as, man, if you think there's nothing to do, you're just
0: you're not paying any attention to anything. And I definitely heard several times a day. Wow. I love Oklahoma City. Like, I love this town. Because people were getting out and experiencing it on foot and interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. and
1: Well, there was a point where we were sitting. People watching. What's we, insane we had, today? We had camp- when we got our Euros, we camped out in front of what's about to be the Bunker Club because mm-hmm. there was nobody sitting there. It was a nice little shady nook. And so we were just sitting there. And something I noticed as people were walking by the the tower strip, because it's kind of right now, it's, it's still, it's obviously bright because of the sign, but it's still dark in terms of there's nothing there yet. Like nothing is built out. Nothing is opened yet. I could just see people, like all of them, just looking Everybody's in curious. the windows. And it, it just made me realize like the minute that's done, it's going to fill this big gap right now that mm-hmm. exists in 23rd, at least from, from that eastern edge of it. Because you'll basically be able to go from, I guess, basil is probably the easternmost thing that's not a McDonald's, all the way
0: down to Gaiuti's.
1: Yeah, basically down to Gaiuti's before there's ever a break in nightlife or even daylife. bars and restaurants and retail and it's just insane. It's vibrant. It's alive.
0: It's crackling.
1: So there you go—an urban adventure.
0: (sighs) An urban adventure outside of OKC.
1: Across multiple weekends and multiple cities.
0: Yes. Do we get to sleep now?
1: No. Yes. No, you
0: don't. (laughs) I'm going to go sleep now. (laughs) So get off your butts, go do something.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Get out of here. You've been listening to The Wafty Show with Stephen, Aaron, and John. As always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown, recorded by the magnificent Kurt PR. Kurt's, Kurt's awesome. awesome. That is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be
0: found. Remember, as you go out to visit our local places and events, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. Tip your waiters, waitresses, bartenders, musicians, and artists. They're out there working hard for you. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find
1: us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience or you can subscribe, rate, and comment. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wachty Show. Facebook.com slash Wachty Show. We'll see you next week.
0: One, i I'll be free, yeah. You get the whiskey, baby. So why now, baby? When I'm stuck, be a soul